probably all be checking in with someone every now and then. After we, we imploded in the league last year, I wasn't right for yeah. a long time. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. You should be the host here. I'm really laughing at you. We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Hello and welcome along to uh, the Red 78, episode 26 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs, back from France. The disappointment in France, I would say, Neve. I hope that's all right to say. Um, how have you been after after the weekend? Um, unfortunately, another disappointing loss. It was going to be a tall order going to France, playing them away. Um, they're a very good side. Um, so how, what's the mood in, in the camp like after after that defeat? Yeah, look, I think we're obviously incredibly disappointed. Um, it's not really results driven for us at the moment. It's about performances. And I think, you know, <clears throat> we just we couldn't get any parity at set piece. Put it on the back foot a lot. And um, we talked about, you know, developing the skills. We've also got to develop knowledge around the game and understanding of of flow and pressure and if we're under pressure we don't need to be playing in a, in our in our scoring zone um, and I think that was um, two really big things for us um, you know we carried more than carried more metres than France we kicked less we made more passes um, so from a stats point of view in relation to the phase play we actually did quite well we just did it in our own 22 as opposed to in theirs and um, and then obviously look we, we're struggling um, to piece wise in terms of trying to find um, cohesion I think um, understanding what uh, Rob and Dave are looking for um, but um, yeah look it, it was a tall order I think for us now going into this weekend we've got to look at what we can control and what we can fix and we can definitely fix handling errors we can definitely fix um playing inside our 22 and, and managing the game better um, and I'm sure the two lads will be working with the pack but um, a real big learning for us Connie. I think that was probably the biggest thing and how do you fix those issues in such a sh- short space of time Neve? is it is it a mental thing or is it a, just trying to develop their skills more yeah it's, it's a bit of both to be honest you've got to try and figure out you've got to try and figure out where what they're thinking is so you've got to you know sit them down and and show them pictures and say okay well you know what were we thinking here and, and why did we or do or not do this and i think that that's that's going to draw out the best learnings for them you're right we don't have a huge amount of time we don't have a huge amount of on-feed time so you can do you can only do so much and it's important that we can't keep overloading information every time they come in and we've got to keep um, making sure that, that the message is simple um, so a lot of work will be done away from the actual uh, rugby pitch in terms of one-on-ones in terms of unit work in terms of you know video work and and hopefully then that you can transfer that into our couple of pitch sessions before uh, Capital on Saturday Will it be hard to pick the, the girls up because um, we're going to talk in a few minutes about Munster and their loss to Leinster and the big task they have this week for you guys mentally um, how difficult is it to pick them up because you know you've got a lot there was a lot of optimism and excitement coming into the tournament um, two losses essentially then just to lead on from that is there more pressure this week to actually get a result against Italy see <clears throat> we as a group kind of understand where we are in terms of our, our 
our development. Like it's very difficult to try and, and I understand you're talking about, it's a very much a results driven business, but after the game, obviously girls are incredibly disappointed to, to, well, I think there, there has to be, there has to be um, patience here. And, you know, yeah. we, we, everyone acknowledges that from the very start of the tournament. The big but thing just though, mean, is that their patience within the group. Yeah. In order to keep them, you know, you've got to make sure that they can see the value of what they're doing and the, and the development in terms of, 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 you know, of certain things. So in against Wales, our body height and contact was very poor um, and our breakdown was, was quite slow. Against France, our body height and our ability to clear bodies out of the way was really good. The big thing is, is that we, we've got to continuously keep touching on things because when you don't, it's not that it's forgotten, it's just that it's in the back of their minds. And um, so it's that continuously just trying to feed them in, information and confidence and um but yeah look i think this weekend is a huge game for us we're not shying away from that um and we're really looking forward to it hopefully we get a another good crowd at home and do you uh fixing the set piece stuff again that's something that's just work in progress you can't um suddenly invent a lot of experienced internationals that can come in and sort that out you've got to work with these girls and um showing those pictures and making them believe it's going to get better. I think that's probably the key for any sports person is, isn't it? Believing that things will get better if you keep working hard and, and, and working on these deficiencies, if you call them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, <clears throat> the two lads are really, really good. I'm, I'm learning loads off them, listening to them. And, um, you know, to be fair, it's Gans. He, he lives and breeds line out. It's like another level. And, uh, and Rob's the same in relation to the scrum. You're right, though. We just can't magically, you know, pick up and, and have, you know, 120 kg girls. It's not how we're built. So we've got to be incredibly, incredibly proficient at the technique and, and be technically uh, astute in everything that we do. But it's to have that rugby smarts that if somebody's born in across you, how do we fix that? And, and unfortunately for us, until you go through those moments, then it's very difficult to learn. You know, you can't really learn them in training, you need to learn them in opposition and unfortunately they're just learning on an international stage. Yeah, well, good luck this weekend anyway and I hope you get, everybody hopes you can get a result. Um, with your preparations and being in France, I don't I don't know if you saw the game live, the, the Monster no, we did. game we, live. We put, it on, we put it on the team room, so it, yeah, was, uh, so it was good. A, pain, a painful weekend for you, so bar Spurs won on, on Sunday, so that probably gave you a little glimmer of Happiness uh, Sunday evening. Arsenal losing on Monday gave me even even more joy. Right. Was, yeah. Well, look, we want to uh, you know on this platform we want mm. we want supporters to get involved and we want them to give us their opinions and um, to tweet. You can tweet us at Rugby Channel after this podcast as well to or our personal Twitters to leave a comment or leave a comment on YouTube. You have some comments there. I put a tweet out yesterday. Um, I expected Twitter to light up and my 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 own feed to light up with, with the responses and I wasn't surprised. There was a lot of messages. Some of them were a little bit nasty, which um, I can understand as a frustration from the Munster fans after what happened on Saturday night. Munster were beaten 34-19, but they were in complete control in that second half. Of course, Munster put up a good fight in the first half. Probably should have went in at halftime leading, but there was an air of gloom kind of over Tom and Park leaving it on Saturday night. 
will you read out some of the responses because we have a fair few here. We can't read them all out, but yeah, you you gave me the good job. Um, to be fair, this was one that jumped out at me straight away from Declan Gleeson. Um, and look, we're both very aware before I go into this about the golf and glass between the two squads and and the strength and depth of Leinster is just outrageous. But tell me another team in Europe who, without six starters, would beat the Leinster would beat that Leinster team: Kilcoyne, Klein, Conway, Zebo, Earls, Haley, and Coombs for forty odd minutes. Take five or six big day players out of any team, and you will struggle. Um, Bar Toulouse, you don't see another team pulling it off, and. Um, Patrick Hogan Simmer he said no killer Burn, Zevo, Haley, Conway or Earls only featuring from the bench we need a full deck to deal with top teams ran out of luck on the injury front always believe um, which was one of the most positive tweets we got um, Brian Laller is it Laller? yeah I think it is Munster Rugby are a top European side nothing wrong with them Crusaders and Leinster are just in a league of their own Nothing, nothing can be done about the Leinster suit system. All Munster can do is look to find stability in leadership for five years or so, winky face. Um, Martin Bromwell, couldn't match their intensity, strength or speed. We are beating 5-0 at home in league points. Nothing sobering in that. That's definite. Yet again, no plan to deal with them, but hang on in there and see if we can fluke it at the end. A lot of people are speaking about that in relation to the strategy and that we didn't really have a crack. Um, I think yeah. they try. I think Munster tried to play in the first half, and on occasions tried to move the ball, but um, just the accuracy wasn't there. And this is this is a way different game than playing um, the Dragons or even the Scarlets match. The pressure you're under, the defensive line speed, uh, the fight at the breakdown, and you know one of the tweeters there saying Leinster at a different level. It, that's blatantly obvious for everybody to see. I think one of the one one key ingredient for them is so many players in the Irish team. So they're seamlessly kind of their transition back into their their province is probably a more cohesive one than yeah. than, than other teams. And plus, they're at they're at a level throughout the Six Nations, particularly around their accuracy in the breakdown, their catch pass skills, their their timing of passes, and we saw a lot of that on Saturday night. So, so at times, Munster didn't really have the ability to stop that. I have one here from Sally Maher, who had, it's at Sally Maher 12. She had a fair couple of, she sent three or four tweets. It was a fair rant, but the last one she sent were senior players give Leinster too much respect. They're only laughing at us. There's no bite in these matches um, from a Munster point of view. So it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's that was challenging. a big sentiment, wasn't it, in relation to the lack of bite? And I think it's difficult. You don't really know what to what you know. You don't really know what's bite for them. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought for genuinely for the first forty minutes, I thought okay, Munster are in this. I thought there was a couple of big turning points, and then we'd speak about afterwards. But I just thought, okay, they're, you know, they're they're at bay. My big thing is that they didn't they didn't go after them. They didn't show any creativity and. Um, and that's that's tough. Like, and um, another big issue for me was on selection, the selection of players. Glenn Flanagan um, tweeted in, uh, rightly or wrongly, when you have a coach that wants to be judged on the players becoming better men than what trophies they win, that says it all. What was the point in Jenkins over a Hearn? Jack rested, no hardness. 
the best centre in world rugby being used in the lineup. Quicker he's gone now, and you see, this is like. I, I think that's a little bit unfair, and you. Yeah. Um, you you jump on there, you. Of course, and yeah, that's yeah. the frustration. And and listen, they're entitled. The the fans are entitled. They're not fools. They're frustrated. They're angry. This has gone on for a long time now, where. There's a couple of uh, kind of positive performances and then when it comes to the big games. And that was the worry for everyone in this really busy period that, um, well, you know, we'll talk about Exeter in, in, in a little bit, but that the season will peter out again. And I think it's unfair to say that Johan van Graan is more interested in people becoming better men I think that than, was than winning to the, matches. To, to, that, to that interview pre-game. I think that's what that was about. Yeah, I, think, I know. You know what I mean? He said it. And, he wants and, to win and yeah, the Munster he's... players want to win this game. One of the kind of things that I've seen in a number of tweets and online is that Munster players are a little bit too nice in this fixture and they're all pals. Dave Parks really feel that Munster players that they that play with Ireland showed their counterparts way too much respect. Leinster crossed the line at the breakdown many times and Munster never went near it, unfortunately. That's it. That there's been a good few tweets in, along that team that Dave has put in. Like we'll get more into the tactics in a minute, but I, I saw um, I saw James Lowe picking Conor Murray up off the ground at one stage, which I was glad he did um, because J- James Lowe is incredibly aggressive and he's he's shown a bit of close to the line stuff in this fixture over the years, but he did. But I tell you, if I picked a Leinster player up on the gro- off, off the ground when I was playing, I'd get lambasted on some of my teammates. <laughs> but when when the when the little bit of niggle and there was a few uh, scuffles in the second half, you know, there was a lot of um, you know players were stepping up. But like, it's easy to do that when Leinster kind of yeah, uh, you know, they probably what Leinster showed is more aggression at the breakdown and more urgency. Um, and I think it was summed up for me at the start of the game when when uh, when uh, um, Shane Daly and went up for a high ball and he went up with Hugo Keane in the air for a high ball. Shane Daly did nothing wrong, and this isn't a personal thing, um, but it just kind of summed up the narrative of the game. They went up for a high ball too. Great to see two uh, two players contesting the air. But you just saw that little bit of extra desire from Keenan to take that ball. Both players kind of had their hands on the ball and Keenan just took it. Shane Daly is a big man. And I just thought, they're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. Because Leinster technically are a better side. I think they've been coached better. Um, they've shown the, the, the depth they have. Uh, the quality they have and, and like we said last week Nate it's reflected in Irish selection so you need a little bit of nasty don't you not, not, not stupid stuff but you just no, need that you need fight and that desire yeah. and here, I think la- lacked a little bit of it last tweet from and I know this lady's a big uh, Munster fan from her Twitter handle is Cork Seashell but she goes by Michelle and I actually thought it was really good a really good point not having the full squad available hurt us but we could have had had a stronger 23 from those that were there. Use Murray in the way Ireland do, off the bench, start Casey. Jack Unhu and Hodnett in the back row would, would like to see Patrick Campbell at 15-2. We can win on Saturday. That's an interesting shout about Patrick Campbell, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think, um, to be fair, Matt Geller hasn't played a lot of games and, um, you know, he dropped a ball in the second half that was crucial. I think some of the 
the kicking from Leinster was very intelligent. They kicked up the middle of the field and Matt Keller gets the ball and he just puts it up in the air. It's easy pickings for that back three of Leinster. Um, they got the ball, were able to launch a counter-attack again. Um, kicking the ball out on the full in your own 22 suited Leinster. They were able to get line-outs, launch more attacks. Um, so I just think that... Like Munster only had five lineouts in the game. You're a coach, Neve, and for anyone listening to this, kind of it's it's a low number, isn't it? Yeah, that's not it's not it's not by accident. No, very. So, well, what what does that tell you about Leinster's kicking game? They weren't putting it out in the full. They were they kicking upfield because they understand that a lot of Munster's launch comes off lineouts. And what what are Munster going to do if if you if you kick the ball long to Munster? What are they going to do? They're going to just kick it back. They're not really going to hurt you, and and that isn't the, in their the kind of psyche at the moment. They it's kind of one dimensional. They they you know, and Matt Gallagher did that several times. He ran back a couple of feet, and even twenty yards before the defensive line that was coming up, um, he just kicked it up in the air. Leinster gathered the ball and they attack again. So I thought we were, that was really really naive. And Steve, Stephen Larkham has to take ownership of that. Because that's part of your attack and your strategy, and it's 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 just one option really. There's no I, kick kick retreat from the there's no retreat from the monster players. There's no option to go two passes wide, run up the edges, put the grubbers up the touchline if you're going to be in trouble. Um, so four f- five lineouts they had. They lost one. They won four. Le- Leinster had thirteen lineouts. So like. You know, we talk about stats. That tells its own story. So Munster fell into the trap, which is incredibly frustrating because, um, you know, if you're Leinster, you're saying, well, wh- where can Munster hurt us here? They can't hurt us in the backfield. Now, the mitigation to this, Neve, is Mike Haley is missing, Andrew Conway is missing, and Keith Earls is on the bench. He's just coming back. So the, the back three for Munster, in fairness to, you know, they probably don't have the experience of that kind of pressure. Ross Byrne was pumping the ball up the middle of the field and let, and Munster lost the kicking game. They lost that ping pong battle that we see a lot. One of the teams, the best team to do this at the moment and doing it more, more, more often than not is France, what they did in the Six Nations. They just stay patient, they kick long, they kick long, they kick long and they wait for the opposition to put the ball out or kick it up in the air. Have a look then to see if it's on. If it's not, they recycle it or, and DuPont kicks it on. Leinster did that the other day very, very intelligently. And that's what frustrates me that we didn't see that, Munster didn't see that coming in the second half. And it was really, really telling as tactically how they got it right. And if Leinster tactically get it right, then they have game breakers. They have, And if you're continuously defending against Leinster, well, eventually they're going to break you at some stage. And they did so... Um, three tries in the second half. It was incredibly convincing and it was painful um, for, for the Munster team. Looking at him in a huddle under the post um, for some of those tries, it just felt that they had no real answer. So I don't want to buy into this narrative that Leinster are at this level and Munster down here. I think Leinster are at that level, that very high level. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in Europe. I think... Very few teams, Neve, and you notice the coach as well, could leave an international front row on the bench. Uh, be missing James Ryan, Andrew Porter, um, 
Kelleher, Sexton, uh, Ryan Baird, you know, and, and Cope. Whereas Munster, in fairness, and we give we'll give the mitigation and and to the to people who were tweeting, um, and some of them mentioned it. You know, when you're missing Byrne, Coombs went off injured, Kilcoyne, Conway, um, RG Snyman hasn't been around. Um, Conway. Big big thing for me in that is. And only that he wasn't there, though, because I mean, we never hear anybody talking about him too much. Was how important John Klein is to us. Um, because to be fair, I thought Jason Jenkins struggled at the pace. Struggle, struggle is putting it putting it mildly, Neve. Yeah. I think um, he's I, six I foot eight, one hundred and twenty kilos. Yeah, I, I saw two I think, carries that the ball was taken off him, like uh, taking candy off a child, and it's not good enough. And I was really optimistic and hopeful that this guy would go out and. Say on Saturday night, well, look, I've been injured. Um, I'm, v- I'm very grateful for the opportunity Munster gave me and I'm going to go out and I'm going to smash some people and I'm going to show some physicality. Now, he didn't go out with the intention of, of having a bad game, but I just, there's certain things you can control in a game. You can't can just- control the scoreboard, but you can, you can control your aggression. You can control your work rate. You can control your desire. And, we didn't see any of that from Jason Jenkins. I know, but Quinny, like, that is not the game to put him into. He has been out all season. He plays off the bench against team in South Africa. Last I, don't, I do not agree with you in the slightest. I think he should have played, you know, he was never going to play the 80 minutes, playing for 50, 60 minutes. He's a professional athlete getting I well played. You're looking at an inter- the, the intensity that um, Leinster play with is, is like an international, it's, a, it's an international pace. And for the first half, I was like, okay, Munster are managing, they're coping, they're not really firing a shot, but they're coping. And I just was like, they're going to run out of steam because it's so difficult to live with that intensity. You need players that are in form, hopping off the ground to be able to live with that intensity, irrelevant of how you want to play. Like, how you don't select... So a, hundred, a, hundred, a six foot eight, 120 kilo player. Jack O'Donoghue and John Hodnett... Okay. Um, forget he, forget he, about them for a minute. Talk no, about. You know, you don't listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you you play players that are on form because they are able to run and run and run. Jason Jenkins for me couldn't. He he is so rusty from like a lack of training, lack of games. He looked unfit. He looked sluggish, and you can't live with that intensity. Irrelevant of his size, Quinny. If he can't move around the park. Then so he, that that's an excuse. Voice. That's an excuse that the ball is stripped out of your hands twice. Oh, I just think that like it happened over in South Africa as well. You know that, don't you? But but that that you you're making an excuse for that that someone can just take the ball off you like that I'm because it's excuses. intensity. I'm saying I wouldn't have started him. Well, he started, and that's it. He started. I wouldn't have started him. The, the two times that the ball is taken off him, it's like, you know, it, that's not good enough, and he but, didn't show any sort of desire for me. Um, and fight and I couldn't fault 95% of the mo- and I don't want to isolate the guy and have a big debate about this but I just thought he was really poor and he played like a fellow who's joining Leinster next year and didn't want to hurt any of the opposition Jeez, um, played, for me he played like a fellow who'd been out all season yeah well I think that frustrated some people the way the ball was taken off him a couple of times um, let's move on to the the you know the the ability for if you're mentally this week, uh, it's difficult. How do they pick themselves up from this? So what what, what, what kind of, I, I'm just trying to envisage like the dressing room afterwards because I think of, and I do, 
we've spoken about how good Leinster are and, and you've got to tip your hat to them and say their systems are brilliant, the school systems, uh, the number of players they have, the squad they have. And that's just reality. We cannot hide away from that fact. And I've had this situation before where people are arguing with me that more Monster players should be on the Irish team. And Jeez, one of it's hard, the, it's hard. It's hard. No, to in, that. The, in, the, in the last number of years, I'm saying that, you know, there should be more Monster players on. And But like these games do them no favours. That's seven defeats mm. in the league. There's two semifinals and a final in there. Monster won the Rainbow Cup. Um, and we, we're not, we're like, let's say we're not surprised that Leinster won the game. I think in the end, I put up the word sobering and the tweet. Um, but it was, there was there was an air of deflation that this is, this there's gap is getting bigger. There is, and there's a huge gulf. And I just look, even stuff like, you're looking at, you know, Leinster starter plays off lineouts, like, they, they outrageous. Their movement off the ball, their ability to find passes. So um, what do what do Munster have to do? Can we replicate that going forward? Is that a template? Um, is that a template for for? I, I think a lot of teams look at Leinster across Europe, but let's focus on Munster and say, can Munster do that, or is it uh, cut your claw according to your measure? Do we have the players to do that? Um, do we have the skill set it, it to do that? A lot of I, selection. Uh, well, it's not just down to selection. I think is it down to coaching as well. We're going. Oh back yeah, to- like I said, certain players will be able to replicate that, and others won't. And you've just got to. And you hit the nail on the head there. For me, you've got to cut your cloth for your measure. I think you've got to find a way that suits you. Like Monster, I am powerful. I found that this at times during during the season when they played with intensity, and and you're talking about quick ball. And how we get quick ball, not just the, like for me the other day, the reason why the ball was so slow was in effect, okay, Leinster's back row very good. But like simple things like how they how the ball carrier fell, falling back in towards the contact. Murray has to go digging and then everybody's giving out about Murray being slow. No, if you go back and count the seconds of the rocks because of where the ball carrier falls, back in towards the ball as opposed to away from it, you know what I mean? The Leinster are so good and so detailed at that kind of stuff. And that, for me, is all very coachable. Coachable, I think, yeah, you need, you need, some, you need some personnel that's, that can improve. Um, and look, they're, they're very well coached. So I think it's crucial what happens in the next coaching ticket. Um, all is not lost for Munster. I think we're, you know, obviously we have to co- cover the reality there and talk about the performance. Leinster scored four tries, bonus point, five points to zero, uh, win, painful defeat, um, and an incredibly impressive performance from them. You know, we and we, in fairness, we've acknowledged the mitigation, the injuries. You know, Burns, Coombs gone off, Kilcoyne, Conway, Haley. Um, Jean Klein and I do agree with you I think John Hodnett should have been involved I think Jack O'Donoghue should have been involved whether it's off the bench that that youthful exuberance Alex Kendellan was outstanding Super. he's shown that he has the quality and we do we do this piece about um, you know the Andy are you watching Andy Farrell he's one that I think has no doubt in my mind can make it an international level it could be as a seven Um we don't know, but I think he's definitely going to be needed this week. Just want to ask you about the clean-out, Gavin Coombs. Devin Toner is not a, a, a dirty player, and I know Devin a long time. I played uh, played against him and played with him. Um, he's a top fella, and I don't think there was any nastiness or mitigation or, or 
he wasn't trying to injure, injure Gavin Coombs. His reaction was just one of incredible urgency to try and get Gavin Coombs out of potentially poaching the ball. But he comes in from the side, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I thought Gavin Coombs should have got the turnover. Christoph yeah. Ridley um, didn't reward him. He said that there was monster players blocking, uh, not rolling away. And when you see the pictures clearly afterwards, they, they made a tackle, but they're not blocking anyone from coming in, clearing out the ball. Devin Toner comes in from the side. And we saw yesterday an announcement that Dan Levy has had to retire, the Leinster player at 27, an incredible player. And it's incredibly unlucky. He picked up an injury in 2019 from a Vian Herbst uh, clear out when they played Ulster. And again, I don't think Veen Herbst had any sort of intention of damaging Dan Levy's knee and putting him through the last two years and the frustration and the agony he's gone through and now having to retire. But this is something in the game that, and it happened continuously on Saturday night from both sides, side clearouts, um, and it's not being policed. Is it something that you talk about as coaches or, or are yeah. you trying to make your players better? And what, what was your take on that clean-out? And I do want to reiterate the point. Devin Toner had no intention of injuring Gavin Coombs, but his body came in from the side and the player ends up going off the field and potentially being out for a number of weeks now. Yeah, I thought it was incredibly unfortunate. And you're right, he, he isn't from the side. and uh, But it's happening all the time. It's happening because of... The ferociousness of the breakdown, I think, you know, it's it's a case of we speak now about not protecting the ball but clearing out threats, Quinny, in coaching. So you're clearing out any threat that comes towards the, the breakdown, irrelevant if whether they're gonna have any impact in it. And I think sometimes, you know, you just get into a position where you're like red jersey, we've got to go and um and unfortunately, yeah, look, that was it. And it's incredibly unfortunate for Gavin Coombs. Obviously, I pass on my um, sincere sorry as well to Dan Levy, your right, an absolutely incredible player. And um, 27 is ridiculously early to be finishing. Um, but, you know, it's a, a very similar injury in terms of a very similar kind of picture that we saw from Dan Levy and Gavin Coombs. And when I watched it, like, I even went snow and I'm uh, talking about it. It's definitely something that referees are going to have to look at because, to be fair to Devin Toner, it actually happened on both sides of the ball throughout the game yesterday evening because it's just the ferocity and the intensity of the the actual breakdown now of players trying to get in there of the ball carrier and it's literally like you know you're coming one way and you've got to try and clear out bodies and I just think um, it's just it's very difficult but I do, I do think that it's something that the referees are going to have to start getting hot on it, 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 yeah and it's a shame because he's a big loss for Munster his physicality and size um, we've got to move on but just before we do the reality of this loss from Munster is not, obviously, it's very painful when your biggest rivals beat you, but Munster now down into fourth in the URC table on 47 points. So you've got Leinster 1 on 60, Ulster 2 on 50, Glasgow 3 on 50, and Munster 4th on 47, Edinburgh four, uh, 3 points behind. But the Stormers and the Bulls are, are up to 43 and 42, respectively, with a game in hand. So that situation becomes very, very difficult now for Munster because they're away to Ulster next, then they're home to Cardiff, and then they've got Leinster and the Aviva. So they're in real danger now of... Um, not real danger. I think they're in danger of possibly not being in the top four and being away in a quarterfinal. Um, I know a lot can happen in the top eight because... 
The Sharks are in the eighth on 41 points, but that table just doesn't look great. And Munster have some difficult fixtures coming up away to Ulster, they're home to Cardiff and then the Leinster game. I think so that Ulster game is crucial for the URC. It's, it's, it's not it's not straightforward here. And they're really, you know, down a number of players. It's 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 looking like it's a really, really what we said was a difficult run a number of weeks ago is becoming like even more increasingly difficult and could be, you know, it could be season defining as regards, you know, where they're going to end up if they're going to get into a quarter final. Is it that going to be home or away? But look, the Ulster game is is incredibly big. We've got to move on to uh, Exeter. In leaving the Munster Leinster chat, I think we can acknowledge that there's a frustration out there from the fans. There's probably a fr- there's a frustration in me, and you know the Jason Jenkins thing. It wasn't just Jason Jenkins, but I think sometimes you see things in a game that. Uh, when it happens a second time, it probably frustrates you more. I think overall, to be fair, I can't fault the Munster players for their efforts. Um, I think they tried incredibly hard. I don't buy into the fact that they didn't want to win this match and that they're they're playing against their pals. Of course, they wanted to win it, but I just think um, they were beaten by a better side. And it's worrying the, the, the gap. I think Munster... To give any sort of hope to any Munster fans listening, I think Munster can and should be better than what we saw. Um, from a from an intelligent, a rugby intelligence point of view, they made it very, very easy for Leinster in the second half by the, the naivety of their kicking game. And like I, I highlighted in the lineouts, you know, t- Leinster at sixty percent territory, they just control the game, particularly in that second half. Um, looking ahead to Exeter at the weekend, we have a double header Champions Cup, so. Um, it's it's a pretty daunting task uh, given that they've got to pick themselves up here mentally a little bit like your team you've got to pick yourself up and it's it's there's always an intrigue in that how do you get a reaction and not just a, a kind of a, a mental reaction but how do you fix issues and problems that you have and make them better um, and we can be a, a long time or a short time in, in sport but they've got to hit the ground running this week and make sure that uh, mentally they can get some positivity and that they can get a reaction. How do they do that, Nave? If you they're going over to play Exeter, and just a couple of points on Exeter, they're fourth in the the Premiership, the Gallagher Premiership. They played twenty one, won twelve, and lost nine. Not as consistent as we've usually seen from Exeter in the last four or five years. Like they won this trophy two years ago, they've won the Premiership for a number of years. Then right at the top once with themselves and Saracens when Saracens were in it, Saracens are second now, but not, not as consistent in their in their performance, not as dominant. In Europe, they in the four pool games they they won two and lost two, so they beat Montpellier at home forty two six in the first one. They lost in Glasgow twenty seven six, and when I looked at this that result, I went, oh well, maybe they're not that that good. And uh, that there is a few chinks in their armour. And then I see the result the week after. Exeter 52, Glasgow 17 at home. So they turned that around in those back, that back-to-back game. And then they were beaten in Montpellier. So they finished sixth in Pool A, won two, lost two. So maybe they're not as strong as they have been. But Exeter away is a very, very difficult fixture. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think it's twofold here. So the first thing is that it's not Leinster. I think Munster is bogey team at the moment in terms of psychologically 
um, being able to get after teams as Leinster. They just don't seem to to do that. And um, secondly, it's Champions Cup and Munster always show up for, for Europe. And I think that's really important for us to, to kind of keep reiterating. Exeter have their own injury worries. They're definitely not as consistent as they have been um, over the last few years. Um, they seem to kind of hit a little snag, a bit like Bristol Bears as well over in in the Premiership where they're just kind of going through a rut and it's their lack of consistency. Um, they're missing big players. They're missing the likes of Luke Cowan, Dickey, Jack Noel, these guys that are um, incredibly influential to the way they play. Now, you know, selection is going to be huge for Munster this weekend in terms of the player pool. You know, we look at... Um, if you kick Porty, you're kicking to one of the best counter-attackers in the world in Stuart Hogg. Um, you know, the the set piece is going to be huge because um, lots of teams have mirrored their um, power plays. So the ones in around the scoring zone off Exeter, because if you give them, if they get in within 10 metres of your try line, they, they score nine times out of 10. They're incredibly efficient. The speed of which they go get around the corner, their ability to square up into the contact in such tight spaces. And then you're pulling it out to the likes of Joe Simmons. And um, they're just, they're, they're, they're actually a really good side to watch. But you're looking for a reaction from Munster, and that's a big thing. You get a reaction, then I, you know, I think that we get a good result over there. But it, it is, it's going to be very hard. Selection-wise, there's been a talk this week about when Joey Carby moved to full-back and Ben Healy went out half. Do you do that on Saturday? I am 100% a huge advocate. I've been saying it for a very long time that Joey Carberry's best position is 15. And it's not a, that he's not a good 10. It's just that I find that he's way more influential in the game when he's playing a 15. And he has so much space. He can see everything. Munster have lacked the second playmaker a lot when the way they play, if they only play one or the other. Um, so I would love to see, especially if Haley is still out. I think that's huge because I think Haley's had a really, really good season. If Haley's still out, then I would love to see that and put Crowley onto the bench. Then you're including all three. Um, that can, you know, are game changers. Um, but look, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I, I do think that the injury problems from Munster are going to continue over the next few weeks. Um, I think they were saying yesterday that the likes of Byrne, Kilcoyne, Conway, these guys are out for another few weeks, which is um, really not good timing for Munster. Ty Byrne is really an incredible yeah. loss, isn't he? Given where, where the, the levels of performance that we've seen of him in the last in the last twelve months, on the lines uh, with Ireland, November, and and the Six Nations, and with Munster in some of the games, he just the turnovers he gets is is crucial. Um, there's a there's a as is Kilcoyne and Conway and and Coombs. I think hopefully John Klein is back. Mike Haley does talk; he may be back. Um, so look. We're talking, can they pick themselves up? It, it kind of has a feeling this is kind of like the was the was week where their backs are to the wall big time here and we saw a great reaction with a mixture of, of AIL players and, and senior internationals. Um, I heard Peter Romani talking about it in the press yesterday. It has a feeling that they need to find something special this weekend. And at worst... If they lose the game. This is like the over the, these two fixtures are kind of unique with, with regards, you know, being knockout rugby. Um, they've got to make sure that whatever happens here, if they don't win this game, that you know, it's it's only half time, and if they bring them back to Thomond Park and that Exeter don't run up a score on them here, 
because I think if I watched Exeter bats last weekend and at one stage bats were, were, were 22 7 up after 32 minutes, they had three tries scored. They're keeping the ball alive, playing with great kind of ambition. And, and for a side who've been struggling this season, they've turned it around a little bit. And then, you know, Exeter just, they have this, they have a ruthless edge to them, Neve, and they turn it around and they go in, they go in at half time, a point down, they get three tries, two tries themselves, and they change the whole picture. And then they just kicked on from 60 minutes onwards, the last 20 minutes, they kicked on and won the game comfortably. So, can Munster do that mentally this week? Can they find a performance? And just to wrap on this, um, you know, will they win the game or is it a case to just make sure the scores are close if they lose it? No, I think they can win it. I really do. I think that's, um, yeah, I'm just going to wrap there now and just say, yeah, I think they can win it. They're going to win it. Okay. Happy right. Birthday. Okay. Well, look, fingers crossed. Um, you just think of some of the players who've been there a long, long time and it's been a bit of a, too many of these big disappointments. And unfortunately, you know, the Leinster one, you tend to remember that one throughout the season. They've still done a lot of good stuff, but they need to be um, really, really much better this week and, and get their accuracy. And, and like I said about the rugby intelligence, just play the ping pong and just do the simple things really well. And I think that's what let them down last week. And, and that was probably the dis- most disappointing thing. And, I think just to finish on it, there's very few teams throughout Europe could miss six or seven players and cope with that Leinster team. Um, so, you know, most teams need to be either have a full deck of players when you're playing Leinster or else, you know, get that little bit of bounce of ball and bit of luck and neither happen from at the weekend. But um, I think they need to be better and can be better. Before we wrap... Um, We'll try and see is there any little bit of news and gossip we're still waiting on the head coach four months now Neve. yeah uh, I said last week that I heard it was getting very very close I believe it is done um, and I believe it's in the position now of, of uh, an announcement is imminent we need to get that pretty soon I think Peter O'Malley was asked about that and it has created a little bit of uncertainty um, I think for everybody um, so it needs I to think be- it's just the constant chat about it. Every press conference, every rugby pod, every rugby news article, every talking about it. So it's not, it's not doing anybody any favors. If that makes any sense. Yeah, well, it's gone on too long. I think yeah. it needs to come out now. It's like we're, we're into April already. Um, yeah, it needs it needs to just be done, and not just the head coach. The assistant coaches need to be sorted out. Um, John Ryan is going to Wasp. He's been a great servant for Munster. Um, He's moving on at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so we'd like to wish him luck and hopefully he can... Uh, uh, he was there when I was playing at the end of my career. John was there and uh, I think he he hit big highs and then probably didn't have that consistency, played with Ireland, but he's been a great server for Munster and I think he's a good acquisition for, for Wasps. I know that, you know, for Munster, um, the goal is to try and get Kenyon Knox up a level Um Roman Salanoa. Um, but there's still concerns there about that front row um, quality and that that level of playing uh, that they those guys can get to. And it's still a little bit of an uncertainty there. So, um, well, good luck to you at the weekend, Neve. That's it, it from episode 26 of the Red 78. Make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week. Just search the Red 78 wherever you get your podcasts and press subscribe. 
And don't forget to get in touch uh, with your tweets. You can tweet us personally or tweet us at the Rugby Channel um, or leave a comment on YouTube. Um, we'll try and pick them up as well. So uh, fingers crossed it's going to be a better weekend for us this weekend, Neve. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. My Liverpool play City on Sunday. So that's a, a, a league decider. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who Spurs are playing. I don't really care who Spurs are playing against. <laughs> um, I just hope Liverpool can uh, can beat City. A very tall order as well. Obviously, hope Munster can beat Exeter and uh, that you get a win against Italy as well. So good luck and uh, we'll see you next week. The Munster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Munster Rugby better.